internal like when I first learned about when I first got into it I was like it's about this external get your environment but it's actually about you and your environment for this it's been such an evolution Mm. now that it's not just about fixing your home and doing things with your house it's it's how you operate in your environment and balancing and harmonizing yourself as well so it's a much deeper practice than I would have first comprehended Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at jenny at jennyb.co. Let's get started. Patricia Lowen is the creator of Powerhouse Feng Shui and author of The Happy Home, a guide to creating a happy, healthy, wealthy life and become a business powerhouse using Feng Shui. She helps parents make their homes and businesses magnetic to money, luck, and blessings. She shows you what they don't teach in business school, what lies between the lines, and your top secret tool for success. She's helped thousands of people across the globe embrace feng shui and creates lasting changes in their businesses, homes, and lives. Patricia has seen firsthand the power of the mind, surroundings, and inner healing, clearing, and aligning everything so it works holistically. She loves entrepreneurship with 15 years of experience running and growing three successful startups of her own. Welcome back, everybody, to the Relational Parenting Podcast. We are here this week with Patricia Lowen or Lohan? Lohan. Perfect. Lohan. Lohan. Awesome. Um, and Patricia, you are a, are you a feng shui master? What do you, what is your title? I don't know. know. Master feels like a little bit like, whoa. Um, I'm a feng shui expert. I know a lot about feng shui. I've helped thousands of people with feng shui, but um, I don't know if it makes me a master in terms of uh, this ancient practice that is like thousands of years old. Um, But I do and help people with this incredible process. So um, that's, that's me. That, awesome. that reminds me of a description. Jenny and I did karate for a while. That reminds me of a description of ranks in karate. You know, there's no feng shui emperor. It's just things, <laughs> something people have been doing for thousands of years. You know, you know, don't worry about your rank. You know, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I love it. And, you know, We're... if it's really, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. If it's, You know, if what we're doing, what I'm doing is really helping people and making a difference, um, you know, and I think this practice for me, feng shui, I'm always learning more from it. And I'm always learning more from as I work with more clients and more people. It's an evolving process. It's a journey of growth. And feng shui is about flow and harmony and balance. And it's, it's a it's an internal, like when I first learned about, when I first got into it, I was like, it's about this external, 
get your environment, but it's actually about you and your environment for this. It's been such an evolution mm. now that it's not just about fixing your home and doing things with your house. It's, it's how you operate in your environment and, ha- and balancing and harmonizing yourself as well. So it's a much deeper practice than I would have first like, comprehended. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. It's very, it's, it's almost spiritual in a way like mm-hmm. you're, you know, I've seen the quote a hundred times, um, that your, your external environment is a reflection of your internal one. And mm-hmm. I think the older I get, the more accurate that becomes, um, because there's like parts of my house that are like very well planned and put together. And then there's like, there's a room here or a corner there that I'm just like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> so I'm just going to ignore it until someday I have time for it. And I think that that happens in life too. We have, we prioritize different pieces and parts of our lives at different times and different phases and different stages yeah. and, um, getting, getting everything, getting all of your ducks in a row. I don't know that that's even a realistic, um, thing to have every duck in, in a row all at once. I think that we are regularly prioritizing what we can and cannot hold at any given time. But, but I love that you, that you say that feng shui is, you know, it's an external practice, but it also has evolved and become, and you realize that it's an internal one, because I think that, I think that applies to most people for, in most places of life of like, nothing really changes until we do the inside work. Yeah. And, and I think that, that what I've realized is that as people have come into my, into our world and into our powerhouse feng shui world is that it's a really nice, subtle, easy way to start changing your life. Like becoming more aware of your environment. It's not like I need to go and shake up and Mm -hmm. fix everything inside of me that when I start to actually become more conscious of my physical environment, if I start to more look at what have I got in my home, what areas are being neglected because every part of your home represents a different part of your life. So when you have this extra layer of information, you can go, oh, right. Well, this is why my relationships are not going so well. This is why my kids are fighting because of that area that seems to be un- overlooked. And it's it's unconscious. Like it's not, It's we don't realize mm. it. So when you have this new layer of consciousness about your physical environment, it starts to illuminate things. And then, you know, it's that that quote, like you don't know what you don't know until you do. And then you do. And you're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like I didn't do this, this uh picture or that photo or this thing with the setup of my children's bedroom or whatever it is that changes it. And then you're like, Oh, now I can change that. Um, so that's really powerful. And, you know, I love that you kind of picked up on the idea of like feng shui being spiritual and one of the things is that it does come from the philosophy of the Tao. It comes from that Chinese lineage. It's a 5,000 year old practice. It's connected with um, Chinese medicine. It's connected with the, that, that five element theory, but also like fundamentally all of that theory comes from the philosophy, a philosophy of the Tao. And the Tao is about tapping into the 
flow of nature into the flow of life and how I Mm. see it you know if you do acupuncture in your body it's about bringing your body into balance but when we just look out into nature all nature is working in harmony the 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 rivers Mm -hmm. the trees they're just in these different cycles and um what we want to do with feng shui and what we're doing feng shui is bringing that sense of harmony into the home and then it links in with ourselves, like that our bodies are also in harmony, that our minds and hearts are in harmony. And that is, how do we do that? You're connected to source, you're connected to spirit, you're connected to the life force energy, and you're allowing it to yeah. happen. And so that's, that's mm-hmm. it is for me and has been a very like spiritual practice. Very interesting. It's kind of like immersing yourself in the flow. One of the visualizations Mm. I use for spirituality is being in a stream and going across stream or fighting the stream or being with the stream, you know, and, and I like that idea of, okay, immerse yourself in the stream and uh, uh, get with it. Okay. All right. I like that explanation. I was just going to say, it's like an ecosystem is the, is what is the Mm. thought I had like a functioning when I was building my garden for the first time last year, I just kept thinking of like what, pe- you know, there's the plants, you know, the the co-planting and the plants that help each other and feed the soil and, and help each other grow. And then there's the plants that if you plant them together, they'll steal nutrients from each other. And then there's also like the water source and, and the... Um, like the drip irrigation system and and each different kind of plant needs a different mm-hmm. amount of water. And, and then there's also like this tree that overhangs and it, it gets a certain fungus on its leaves. And if those leaves get into the fall and get into the garden without being picked up quickly, then that fungus will get into the garden and disrupt the ecosystem, like all these different pieces. And I just had that visual when you were describing like nature and the reflection of that, like our, our homes, you know, our homes, you know, house us, but then it's also, we, there's relationships inside of the home and then a relationship with ourselves and, and how we move and communicate and, and feel. And yeah, it's just like, it's a, it's an, it's creating a functional, healthy ecosystem inside the house. A hundred percent. And, you know, there's a few things there, but the first is, uh, that idea of like, well, if you were to kind of draw a symbol that would represent feng shui, it's that idea of that yin and yang symbol, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, that interaction, like is, if it goes too yang, it's too busy, like, and every house, what we want is to be in this center line, which is exactly what you're talking about the river. We want to be in the flow. We don't want to be like, like too much. If there's too much flow, it's too much. If it's like a tiny trickle, there's no movement. So then it's like, what is this like center line where we can be in harmony and flow? Like that's that, that's that, that's essentially what the Tao is and living the Tao and breathing it in your, within your home. And as you talked about the different parts of the garden, like that's exactly what we would be looking, I'd be looking at in people's houses, but from, you know, partially from an energetic, like an in, invisible energetic plane, partially from a mm-hmm. uh, aesthetic play, like uh, space in terms of, you know, if we have like a lot, like, just think about that yin and yang energy. If a child's bedroom is painted all red, or a child is like, you know, is in a racing car bed, you know, it's like a red <laughs> racing car bed. 
fire element it's a race car and we're like why is my child like why is he not sleeping very well and you're like well it's a race car and it's red which can create aggression anger you know frustration you're like this is the element of fire it's like nature is like Mm -hmm. you know it's like a creative force and it's great for like passion and energy in certain parts of your home but like not in your kid's bedroom you know right Right. I remember as a kid wanting one of those. I don't know if it was yeah. the 60s when those became popular, but that's so funny, you know, because it's like we, the, the world makes us want stuff that is not very good for us sometimes, you know, that's cool. I'm... That's funny. It is so true. You know, the world makes us want things. And, <laughs> and you know, this is this is where even, you know, I just have this thing right now where I'm like, Pinterest and Instagram are like, uh, I don't know, they're like a <sighs> pest for people to are uh, trying to achieve this like perfect perfection, this like perfect home. Like yeah. if it, it has to like be like this and achieving that and just creates so much stress. And when I come on to shows or I'm talking to someone, I'm like, that is not what feng shui is about. It's not about it being able to come out of a magazine. It's about everybody getting mm. on well and your kids happy and you're doing good in your business and your career and you're feeling good. You know, it's not about this like striving for social perfection and be able to post everything, you know, so it's like, look at me, mm-hmm. I have this. And then, but everybody's like not happy in the house or, or unhealthy yeah. or, you know, there's yeah. lots of other things going on. I yeah, kind of think of it as like, um, setting, setting, yourself up for success, setting up your environment Mm -hmm. for success, because each, each human being, um, has different needs and different abilities and different weaknesses and strengths and all of these things. And I'm coming at this from kind of an ADHD perspective right now in my own life of how I've altered my own environments. Like I know now that it, that it was a coping skill. Um, but I didn't, before I knew I had ADHD, which was most, most of my life. Um, I just did these things automatically because I knew like, Oh, if I don't leave this out as a visual reminder, when the next time I walk by it, I'll forget to do that task. Or if I don't put it in my calendar, if I don't write it down or if I don't do this. Hmm. And one of my, you know, I realize now that that was an adjustment I made for myself to cope with ADHD. Um, whereas like, I also want things comp- like I want everything to have a home in an assigned place, but I don't always put things back in their homes because I leave things, I leave remind visual reminders all around the house for myself for different things. Um, so it's kind of like a, it's kind of, it's, it's just like this, this catch 22 for me sometimes. But anyway, um, that's kind of how I, I view currently view feng, feng shui is, is kind of setting your environment up for whatever your needs, your family's needs, your kids needs, whatever your needs are. And, and then each room has its own function and each, you know, space and has its own flow. And, and I kind of picture you as someone Mm. who can come in, you, you know, you ask all the questions and you figure out what the family is struggling with and, and maybe what their needs are specifically. And then you're able to kind of design and help build a space around their specific needs 
versus it being where you walk in and you're like, every living room needs to look like this. Every bedroom needs to look like this. Every office needs to look like this. So definitely there's a lot, like one of the things that as you were talking is, is like, I like to talk to and tell people about, you know, the idea of like making your home, like a vision board for your future. You know, what is your, your vision? Like, you know, for families, where would you like to travel to? Do you have pictures of that up? Like, how do you want to feel in your house? Is it like, you know, is there just like sarcastic comments up on the, on post signs, you know, the sarcastic signs, or is it like, you know, family together or artwork that feels <laughs> really empowering and joyful and playful like what is the energy that you want to feel or is it dark yeah. single images of people you know I, I've seen the gamut of artwork and every people uh, that, that you can imagine <laughs> and, and and honestly they it literally dictates the vision of like of it literally tells the story of what's happening in the home when I look at the art and mm -hmm. the paintings just that alone is one part and um, and that can be such a fascinating thing for people to even start looking at it's like well you know in my office right now I have like some different I've got all you and um, Jenny asked me about like the unicorn and the pictures and um you know it's so everything that's right behind me actually except just the stay weird one which is just a personal reminder just stay out of my <laughs> being patricia um but the other pieces have like a very significant um connection with me like the, the little vespa and the couple picture my dad actually bought it mm. for me we were all on holidays together in italy and um he just was like, you know, we were all there and he's just like, I want to get you girls all like a, a momentum, a present from, from our holiday here. You know, he passed a year ago and he's here with me, you know, and it's like, the, and I got, I picked it and I was like, he just, you know, it's like, that's so, you know, but anybody coming into this office is going to see a picture of a Vespa. But that means like that picture means so much more. And um, the unicorn is from like my best friends and mentors that I just absolutely adore, you know. So when you come into a space, you don't know like, but on my side, well, I have a big picture of the skyscape, skyscape of New York with adventure on it because I just love adventure. So every piece can tell a story and it can mean something to you personally that nobody else needs to know about. Um, but it can really have a massive impact in in you and your environment Amazing. so from an art perspective like that is like one of my favorite things for people to look at it the, when they even just start with this concept you know you talked about you know me coming into a house and them telling me what they want well I say and telling telling me what's going on in their lives and there's different layers to this like one layer is you know what's on your walls what's currently in your home that's here and is it aligned with what it is that you want to create you know you know mm -hmm. I, I just come yeah. to mind you know I, I remember looking at this lady's house and around her house she had lots of single women pictures a few family photos several pictures of her kids and stuff but there was very few of like groups of people together and you know her husband worked away from home for years like he just never really was there and oh um, he was there at the weekends hmm. or whatever but she ended up being like a kind of single mom and the art was just all oh. single women everywhere you know <laughs> so there was it was just very I was like oh that that like mean you know that's it's it's interesting when you can kind of like look at pieces look at art um 
But when we would look at someone and what I think just going back to the very beginning, when I was talking about like feng shui is about like flow and alignment, like everyone can have their vision of what they want to unfold for them. But we know that like life has its own force and, and it knows mm-hmm. like, like God's spirit has a better, big, usually a much bigger, better plan for us <laughs> if mm-hmm. we allow it. Mm-hmm. And when, um, when we work from a feng shui perspective, I work like on a um, individual. So every house is unique. So like a feng shui is like acupuncture for your home. So every house has its own unique energy mm. blueprint. And it's not like I'm going to do your house and tell you, Jenny, you do these, you put these remedies like this plant and this crystal and this stone and this metal and this water in this, in the same areas as, as Rick, you know, you do that, do this. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's completely different. But what we're really doing is, is putting in these elements, these specific ones, like it's like doing an astrology reading for a home and we're putting them in to balance the energy of the home. And mm. that then basically is going to, and what I've seen happen is that it brings that energy of flow into the home. So then those people's dreams and, you know, big part of, as I said, that this work has really evolved into is that that inner, you know, inner work around what is it that I want? Like, how can I create? What's my bigger vision? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And I've seen people like access deeper parts of them. Like I've had lots of people become way more creative, just like start painting or start Mm -hmm. doing different practices that blow my mind. I'm like, Oh wow. And unexpected things start to happen in their lives or their children start to get on better or deepening connections because that's already there. The potential is already there, but the energetics may not have just been in place for it to happen. So what we start to do is the energetics. It's not necessarily about here's Hmm. the couch, (laughs) put the couch here. Um, most of the time the couch is in the only place that it can go like in a living room, you know? So there's, so with, the audience, right, that we're speaking to, mostly parents, um, tell me, tell me about a time or a family or maybe a collective, you know, maybe you have several um, families that you've helped um, as a collective memory of a time when um, maybe, you know, the, the children's behavior or the struggles that the parents were experiencing, specifically in parenting, um, were made, were helped through, through setting up, um, a more functional feng shui environment in their house. Yeah, for sure. You know, and what's, what's so interesting about this journey with families and parents is that, you know, I originally just like was speaking to like pair, like to women in general, like help you get more abundance or help with your career and something like yeah. really dropped more recently where I would, well, we have a weekly wins in our community where people just share different things. And, um, literally this morning, mm. like literally I can just like read the one from, uh, I read one this morning, uh, and I was like, Oh, so this lady just joined our community a couple of, of weeks ago. And, I know that she actually just joined for her business and this is where it's fun. So she's like, um, I'm finding, let me see where she said it. I'm really enjoying quality time with my youngest kid who for years didn't want to be near me. Massive shift. I also received wonderful email from my head teacher about my eldest daughter who's excelling in school. And this time last year, she wasn't even at school. 
So wow. this is, she's within a couple of weeks and, um, she, I just said to her how amazing this is, this list around your children. She said, I know it's quite amazing with my children. I should have added that they're also getting on so well. They used to fight constantly. And, um, yeah, then her, then she's like playing my playlist in the background. She's like, my husband is wondering what kind of music he's listening to. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, like, cause I don't know what playlist she has, but it has, um, ACDC and my husband loves ACDC. So it's like one of these, <laughs> so, which is so random. Cause usually nice. my songs are so like positive and uplifting. So there's just like this one random ACD thing that her husband came in and was like, what are you listening to? Never listened to ACDC. <laughs> so like, so like Sherry has been, Sherry came in kind of found my world because she wanted help with her business. But as a default, what's unfolded is that, you know, there's just created, it's created more harmony in her home for her kids. And, oh, and the other one was, oh, she just said that. And my husband got paid. Like, so literally the other day, like last week, she's just like, my husband hasn't been paid unexpectedly. And then she's like, oh, now he's got paid, you know? So I was like, just let it go. Trust. It's all good. Mm. Don't worry. Your house is fluctuated. It's going to come like focus on, you know, what are you what are you grateful for and this is literally how I've ended up talking on these more parenting podcasts because it's like they'll share oh this has happened in my business and this happened and then all of a sudden it's all these trickle things with like my kids are getting on better in school or they're getting better grades or they just you know we had like one um like we've had lots of different wins for different children, but we one lady whose um, daughter had um, intellectual disabilities and basically um, like throughout her year, but she'd fluctuate, they had fluctuate the house and she was like an amazingly bright student, but ended up getting into university and had this idea and then got like a 50,000 euro grant, got featured in the media, like all wow, of these wow. things just started to unfold. And she's like, for most of my life, I've been like worried, like what will happen with my daughter? And now she's like got this business helping people um, with this grant. And it's it's just amazing. But what we start to see is just like, I think that the women get more confident and more flow. And then it just encourages everyone else because I am a firm believer that, you know, the parents are the thermometer of the home, like of the energy of the home. Mm. So once Mm -hmm. they start to, you know, make changes and, and start to think, you know, one of the things I invite people to do is to look at every area of your life. And and from our feng shui perspective, I'm like, well, what is it you want? How do you want to feel? And what are you doing to bring you to that place? Like, what are you doing? Okay. You've got your feng shui remedies in, like the house is covered, you know, your house is good now. Uh, but what are you doing yourself to mm-hmm. to step into that space? And then it just, I don't know, facilitates the children to do the same. Sure, that's a skill or a, a sense you could pass along, too, to children. I hadn't thought about that. The whole idea of timing and, uh, you know, this is like a technology to help control or not, not control. This is like a technology to interface with the bigger spiritual picture help you get in tune with that that's a i'd never thought of it that way before that's really that's really eye-opening for me very cool you could do oh, something yeah, about it fun. what are you doing to make this happen yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of pieces there with like man you know kind of typical manifestation uh advice but then also something that we've talked about a hundred times on the podcast is that the parents, I love that you said the parents are the thermometer of the home Um, because they are the parents, the, the, the way that the parents 
the moods of the parents, the energetics of the parents, the actions of the parents, the relationship of the parents all trickles down to the children, how the children act, how the children um, relate to themselves, to the world, um, to everything, their moods and behaviors, their energies. And, and, you know, we've said so many times on here that um, modeling is a parent's best tool. If you want your kids to do something or behave a certain way or have a certain habit or whatever it is, the first thing you need to do is look at yourself and say, am I doing that? Am I getting yes. dressed first thing in the morning? Am I jumping, you know, it, you am know, am I, I regulated? Yeah. Well, yeah. The emotionally, am I regulated or am I yelling at my kid every time I get mad? Oh, well, don't, well, you know, why do you think your child's yelling every time they get upset? Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. And, and yeah, so that's, I think that this, this could be such a fantastic tool for parent for anyone, but for parents and families mm, yeah. um, and our audience here to to really like think about this, to really look into this um, as something to add to your to your home life, um, to your ecosystem, um, as something that brings even more mindfulness. And I love that word harmony that you use, Patricia. Um, I wrote that down because I always say peace. I'm like, can we bring a more peaceful environment, a more by like harmonious? Because that's like things aren't always just peaceful, but if things are working together towards the greater good mm-hmm. that's the goal right um and i think yeah. this could be and i even said on our on our phone call i was like i need you to help me because <laughs> we're i don't think i've <laughs> announced this on the podcast yet but we we're almost 17 weeks pregnant so oh, if anyone knows noticed amazing. my face exploding recently <laughs> um so exciting i've announced it on social media yeah, but I haven't said it out loud on the podcast yet. And and so we're planning a baby mm-hmm. nursery and all of these things. And so Lewis and I are, are for the first time really stepping into like being parents and what are like how our house is shifting and things are moving and how everything like we're, we're re we're kind of we're altering our ecosystem a lot right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when we were talking talking last Patricia I was just like oh my gosh I need all of your help (laughs) but um and I yeah back to the point is that I think this is a fantastic tool for any parent to have in their tool belt because it's real it works yeah yeah like like what we talked about before now we're now we're conscious of it excuse me yeah Exactly. And like for me, as I'm, I don't know, some things are like coming in that feel important to share here. You know, you just touched on like setting up the nursery and you're just going to be so mindful of like setting up the nursery. And I do have a resource I can share with you for nurseries and for bedrooms set up for parents. Um, But in terms of like what I would say to parents listening is, is like, how are you looking after your own bedroom? Like, have you created your own sanctuary space for yourself and created a room that is like Mm -hmm. dedicated to you and your relationship? You know, Um, this is one thing that I think is so important is that we often spend a lot like 
our home space can get overlooked and we can pass by things and oh it'll do and it'll do but how are you tending to your own space and this as we know ripples down into for the children as well as they see it you know are you creating a beautiful loving space for you and your partner like I always invite my um, people to like make sure that your bedroom is just like very like that you walk in and you're like, oh, I just want to sleep. I know this is the most relaxing Zen place for me. (laughs) You know, do I have do you have a picture of yourself and your partner that feels that really reminds you of a really happy time to to really, um, you know, I don't know, anchor in the positive energies from your relationship that you've got like a Mm. reminder and that anchor, you know, also like keeping underneath the bed clear, like no work equipment or no work stuff in your bedroom. You know, I've, I remember working with a lady in um, mm-hmm. Manhattan and we went into her space. She had this amazing apartment. They had loads of space that she wanted to call in a baby. And I get to their bedroom and I'm like, okay, so who's this? And she's like, oh, that's a picture of my grandfather. I was like, do you want to wa- him to watch you while you're in oh, bed? No. She's like, oh, no. Oh, no so like family photos out you know family members photos no. out um <laughs> and then uh, and then and that's the same with like spiritual pictures like I don't recommend them in your bedroom either like you're like you don't want like Jesus mm-hmm. watching you like no like maybe you can't yeah. you know but from that just no it's and it's mm-hmm. disrespectful just it's just like a weird so like no spiritual pictures mm-hmm. and then in the bedroom, you know, no family, families and friends. I've just seen like every type of picture in different bedrooms, but really just like, what's going to, yeah. what, what do we want our relationship to look like? And can we bring artwork that represents that us two together and any of the, the children, no family, no children, none in the bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. but, but uh, the, uh, the other thing is, um, you know, making sure it's, yeah. So that lady in New York, so the fat, I was like, granddad picture gone. And then beside the bed, um, it had like, there was space on both sides, but, but on her husband's side of the bed it was literally piles of folders. And I was like, what is all that stuff? And she's like, oh, that's all his work files. And I'm like, so there's three oh. people in this relationship in this bedroom yeah. because literally like yeah. it was high as high as the bed of paperwork and I'm like that has got to go like there is no way like you want to call in a baby like there's no space yeah Yeah, that's something else this this guy has two relationships like one with his work and one with you so we have to change it so she got rid of that and then the same with you know calling in a child like is there space for the nursery okay you're gonna have a nursery right let's make space in the nursery I remember one lady wanting to call a child and I was like show me where the nursery is she opened the room and it was literally like rows and rows and rows of um railing ink with clothes and handbags and shoes and I'm like so where's the baby Uh, gonna fit yeah like there's no space in here (laughs) you know so it's like this it's like setting up your environment to to be that vision setting up this making the space for it in your life in your relationship in your bedroom so you know that's that idea of in your bedroom if you don't have it to be a space space for connection for romance for your the, the two of you it's not going to happen anywhere else in the house. You know, it's not that sense of connection just isn't quite available, you know? So creating your own bedroom and that also then reflects back. So a lady had me on her podcast um, a few weeks ago and we were chatting just about this Zen room and she was like, Oh my God, my children take individual turns to want to come up to my room because it's so beautiful and Zen. 
And then she's like, mm. but I don't even want to step into theirs. And she literally was like, mm. I'm getting off this. I'm going down to their rooms. I'm going to start organizing. I'm going to start thinking about like mm-hmm. how I've done this for myself, but I haven't done it for them. Yeah. yeah. And she'll need their help. Me. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. That'll be an interesting experience. Yeah. For it sure. makes me feel yeah. good because I feel like we, our our bedroom is very, and this is for the first time in this house that we moved into a year and a half ago. Um, my the last two bedrooms, so my husband and I's last house that we lived in, and then my house that I lived in before that was very very colorful. Um, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, but it was, but it was very like vibrant colors and, um, and lots of stuff on the walls and plants everywhere. And, and I loved them and they were very representative of like a phase or period of my life. And it was like my insides, like all over the room and, and, and I loved it for that time. But when we, and and then he and I moved in together and we had a very, like, we had like Royal purple as like the, the color on our bed and, um, the walls were gray, but we, again, had a bunch of like stuff that was representative of us on the walls, which is fine. It was just like every wall had stuff on it. And in this house, Mm. I, really wanted a more neutral colored bedroom. I wanted less stuff on the walls. Um, and I just, you know, slowly over the years, I think, and and I learned six or seven years ago to quit putting photos in my, in my bedroom, um, photos of friends, family, um, I studied Hinduism for a while and it was like all the, all my God and goddess figurines, devis and devas, they belonged in different areas of the house, but you don't put them in your bedroom ever. It's disrespectful. Um, And so things like that, I cleared out many years ago, but um, when we moved into this house, I knew that I I just had a feeling. I was like, I need a, I want a more neutral bedroom, which shocked him because he'd seen my last two bedrooms that I had designed. And he was like, wait, what? So, I mean, it's like whites and grays and blacks and, and, um, very like, like light powdery blues. And, uh, we have, we each have a dream catcher, um, that were, that were gifts to us, I think from each other, um, over our side of the bed. Um, we have, uh, we have our, we have our bed, our end tables and our lamps, we each have a clock. We each have like our, the books that we're reading for fun, not for work. Um, we have our massagers. Like I have, we have like a back massager and a Theragun and a humidifier. We have like some functional stuff. Like I'll lay in bed with the massager and read my book, yeah. you know, but there's no work. There's no laptops allowed. Um, we have a cell phones down when we get into bed policy. Um, and then we have one photo that's just kind of a placeholder, not photo painting. Um, that's a very neutral color and really isn't a painting of anything. And then we have the Desi Dorada poem blown up on mm-hmm. in a framed thing, which is the poem that was read at our wedding. 
and that's it so we have like all neutral colors we have a bit but anyway what you were saying all those things that makes me feel good about the progress that I have made (laughs) of like setting up Mm, a sanctuary and I and I am aiming for that with children and I'm lucky in that I've worked in a lot of homes um and I and I've gotten the experience of seeing and deciding what I would want a nursery and and an older child's room to look like. And one of my big things is there will not be, their bedroom will not be their playroom. Their Mm -hmm. toys will live somewhere else. Um, The toys will live in a bin. You know, I think this is the. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's not always possible. Um, but there'll be a bin in the living room on the main floor. Eventually we'll finish the basement. There'll be a playroom in the basement. Um, but like there'll be books, there'll be some bookshelves in their room and there'll be a bed in their room and there'll be a chair in their room and there'll be stuffies and blankets and pillows and their clothes in their closet and stuff like that. But like their, their bedroom will be their bedroom will be the place they sleep, Mm. relax, calm down a hundred percent and whatever and whatever they're needing you know when they grow up and start to have little personalities all right factor all that in very interesting it's um yeah this is beautiful like what you've done go ahead go go ahead i was just thinking (laughs) out loud sorry um, this is, you know, what you've already created is amazing. And I think that when, when you start to become more aware, you know, and, and even my own, my own bedroom is like so calm, like, and it's the complete opposite of the rest of our house. There's other areas of our house that are like, we've a living room that's, you know, just about that yin and yang. Like we've one room in our house that is very bright. It's like we're our kitchen, our dining room, but there's lots of light. There's mm-hmm. amazing views of our, of the, the Dublin mountains and, there's bright paintings mm-hmm. and brightness in it. And it's very me. Like if you walked in, like you would know this is delicious. Um, but our yeah. living room, which most people are a bit surprised when they come into our house because they're like, when we first decorated it, it was like yellow and bright furniture and super bright. Um, but now it's like a quite dark, it's a dark green and it's very yin. So it's mm-hmm. that like, it's a place mm-hmm. where we'll go where like the fire and it's cozy, but you have these Quiet. opposites of rooms. So you've created yeah. these spaces. Mm-hmm. So bedrooms need to be more yin. They need to be places of calm and relaxed. And then you have those yang rooms, which can be bright and light and where you're living and where you're spending time. And it's about that dance within the house and knowing that you know the the room or whatever it's designed for you know I know that when we spend time in I know when I spend time in my little living room that's like all green dark and everything it's like I'm just kind of going deep I'm reading a book I'm with my friends or the fire lit and cozy and I don't spend much time we don't spend too much time there during the day because we're out in the bright rooms. So it is finding yeah. that and, and bedrooms to be that more yin and calm. So it sounds like you've done an amazing job. And um, yeah, and just onto that with the kids and with the, the, the closets and the rooms, like I love that in terms of, I, I, if you can, and I suppose this is always about like availability of space in different people's homes, but for what yeah. I've seen over the years with families and with, with bedrooms, and especially with children and their stuff, is that um, a lot of people see the solution to the excess that children have is more storage containers. And I'm like, no, storage containers are not 
the answers, not storage solutions. It's about um, making sure that what's in your home is being used, like that it's been that that it's you know because oftentimes there's that children get accumulate a lot and then it just yeah. gets into that storage container it doesn't move and it's just left there's like another one yeah. and another one and another one and that from a feng shui perspective yeah. like when i'm talking about feng shui i'm talking about it being like flow and ease and those storage containers look innocent but for me that's where the energy gets stuck <laughs> and stagnant like they look innocent it's like it looks organized but it's it's not that it's not organized but it's mm. like is it being used is the energy flow being yeah. used when it comes yeah. to feng shui from that perspective when i went to, if i go into someone's house like i i work virtually all the time now like it's not we don't do in person but when I would go into someone's house and see, you know, the dishes on the counter or the kid's playroom covered in toys or the laundry basket full and the laundry room a bit busy, like people will be like, often people are like, oh, my house is a mess. Like you can't come and see it. This is a bit mad excuse. This is like, and, and they're like, it's, 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 it's all bad feng shui. And I'm like, those things are life. You know, the kids playroom with toys scattered or their bedroom. I'm like, that's life. That is not bad feng shui. Like, you know, you're going to eventually fill the dishwasher. You know that the laundry is going to get done. The toys are being played with. And it's the storage container that's been there for a year with full of kids stuff that hasn't been touched. That's, that's the problem to me. Cause I'm like, there's nothing moving there. It's just creating stagnancy. And where we have stagnancy, you have dis-ease, disharmony. And that's, um, and it's like left unconsciously there. Um, so that would be always my invitation to people is like, don't buy more storage containers, <laughs> get rid of this. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, we had this, I don't have children, but my husband and I had a very interesting, uh, relationship with bookshelves. So originally in this office, uh, I had a giant red bookshelf. In our living room, we had a huge bookshelf. In our kitchen dining room, another huge bookshelf. So when you have bookshelves, what do you put on them? Books. So they were just like full of books, like full, full. So this one, they were just jammed. Some of them were replica books. Because <laughs> like, when I met my husband, like we had very similar interests. So some of the books were like duplicates. Um, and yeah, then I was like, what are we doing with all these bookcases? So slowly but surely, we just got rid of them all, like all of them, which was, it's a dance because you're like, wow. oh, like, will I ever read this book again? No, 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 no. Is there someone else that would benefit from this book? Yes, 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 yes. And now we have like a few little shelves that are very well curated books. They're like books that if someone came to my house, I'd be like, you know, oh, that one that you, you might like that. Or they, they, we also, when we're not here, our house is on Airbnb. So I'm like, these are, you know, interesting, diverse, different, but there's only like two shelves as opposed to three giant bookcases. Hmm. That's really interesting. Now you're now you're in uh, hitting me personally because I like books, <laughs> but you're but yeah. you're right. It's it's time to. Some of them are like old references. Some of them are really for mm-hmm. work. I'm at home now. A lot of yeah. them, I, some of them, a shelf of them, I carry to work so that people know I read them. You know, it's like here's my. It's kind of like <laughs> here's my technical history. Right, it's like a resume or a, yeah. a, a what do they call it a, a an ego wall kind of thing. 
Um, mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at my bookshelf saying, no, I'm never going to pick up that math book again. Or, you know, some of these are past their past their prime. And then there's other ones like my kids have given me, uh, uh, gave me a, a nice, uh, not Tolstoy, uh, Tolkien, uh, Lord of the Rings set. You know, I was a big, I'm a, yeah. I was a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan. And they, somebody went to New Zealand and got me a nice book set. It's like, okay, that's a, that's a keeper there. That's, there's so much, there's so much to this. There's so much timing. Mm-hmm. There's so much, so many ripples. You know, this is, this is yeah. even the bookshelf thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the, the ripples of passing out your books, you know, handing off, passing them mm-hmm. along, paying it forward, maybe, you know, this is uh galley folks. Stay, pay attention to this. This is hitting me hard. I'm going to have to reorganize things. I have storage containers too. And I've learned to think of storage containers as garbage cans. Don't hang on to the gar- <laughs> yeah. don't hang on to the garbage can once you've filled it up. If you're never going to pull that, you know, if it's yeah. like Christmas stuff and Thanksgiving stuff, yeah. that's fine. But if it's just stuff you don't know what to do with, just throw it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's my nemesis. Patricia. Or donate it, you know, and, yeah. and I love that what you said, like these books are like my ego shelf. It's like, look how many books I've read, you know, like, look how smart I am. Yeah. Yeah. And that is yeah. so, and, and it's okay. You have to come to that ego place and, and be like, oh yeah, I see that. But also for me, I was like, th- this is kind of a, like a mad story. But when I first, like one of my very first feng shui consult, consult, consultations was in this little farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in Ireland. And this lady hired me, I got to her house and we were walking around this small little bookshelf. And I was like, tell me about this. Cause you know, I'm not like, I, I don't tell people get rid of all your books. Cause just like you talked about the Tolstoy, you're like, oh, that has a different meaning. There's complete, that's not, that's nothing to yeah. do with like, I'm holding on to this for whatever. There's a different connection, a different meaning. So it's the same with a piece of art. If I see a piece of art and I'm like, oh, that's a yeah. terrible piece of art. I'm like, tell me about it. And then you're like, oh, this is the story. Or my That's the consultant's line. It's like, tell me more about this. <laughs> tell me more. And then you can give your diagnosis. But when it came to this woman, yeah. I was like, tell me about this bookshelf. And she's like, well, that bookshelf, that there since I moved in so she had moved in with her husband into her his family Mm. home and I was like so like and the books and she's like oh yeah yeah those books are there since they were there too and I'm like okay so when did you move in and she's like 32 years ago yeah she doesn't have anything to do with the books yeah you know, wow. just, you know, and we just think, and, and most of us may not live in our houses for that long or have lived in them for that long, but you know, the idea of just that area, I, I've no idea. I can't remember what area of that, that area of her life that that represented, but imagine just like moving that and just like the kind of like little ripple shift of like something moving and changing in that environment. Um, and I exactly. always think about the different areas. Like you talked about the storage containers being the garbage, unless, unless it's, you know, what <laughs> are the logical things to store? And, and our attic, yeah. I can tell you, ex- I, I know exactly what's in our attic. And um, we seem to have a lot. Of, I said again this time, I was like, we have a lot of Christmas decorations. Like it takes up like a third. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> so he loves like out, 
outdoor ones and all of this but I'm like at least I know uh-huh. that every year that's just going to come down it's going to be moved it's going to be used and it has a purpose yeah. like that's the thing if, if there's waiting. stuff in your in your and it's waiting but that like just in terms of like location of things like the attic is literally bearing down on your shoulders your head you know when I've had seen people like literally do clearing of their attics they felt a relief their mind has felt clearer because mm-hmm. it's a mirror it goes back to the sentence at the very beginning your environment is a mirror of you so oftentimes things in the attic are a mirror of like the mind and the overwhelm and the stress the busyness and then the at the basements can be this um the unlooked at it's kind of like that's not oh, i'm just going to push that under the carpet i'll just put that in the basement put that in the basement don't want to look at it put in the basement and that can be very reflective of people who are just not ready to deal with things all right and you can do you can say do it in the attic as well but but this you know if we talk about the ripple of this the idea of say for kids you know letting go is a muscle that we have to build you know everything change like and that's the idea of feng shui it's about change and flow and life is about change nothing's ever going to stay the same so if children start like learning to let go of physical things like on the physical level in their in their childhood they're going to be better in life on the heavier mm. things, on the emotional things that they're all, and, and it's, these are, this is a life skill in being able to like let go and declutter and, you know, it's okay. Life is moved. We're going to change and, you know, not, not hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you just said that because I was just thinking that I wanted to bring up the idea of toy rotation, um, mm. which I think is becoming more and more popular and well-known, uh, in parent circles is that parents to keep the house from becoming so cluttered or so messy throughout the day, especially when you have young children who are lots and lots of toys, um, you know, and then, and then it's just like the whole floor is covered in toys and every night, you know, you're either trying to get the kids to clean it up or you're cleaning it up and putting everything back in bins. Um, and toy rotation where you only have like a certain number of toys out at any given time. And then the rest are in a storage bin in the basement or wherever the closet, wherever it might Mm. be. And then every like couple of weeks or every month you, you take those 10 or 20 toys and put those in the bin and pull out the other ones. And it keeps kids interested versus having access to 600 toys all of the time because then they all become boring, right? They get sick of all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they're, they whine or they want new ones or, or whatever. So it makes like the excitement of the toy last longer, but it also reduces clutter in the home in general. Um, and so I think of toy rotation as almost like a seasonal thing too, is where like toys get rotated. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing that you just said, Patricia, I'm the, kids learning to let go of physical items translates into their emotional intelligence and, and strength and Mm -hmm. resilience and, and ability to change and, and shift and, and step into a new phase of their life. And I think that's huge. And it's something I, I've never really thought of before. I think, I think in our family, this is a very vague memory, but then I've also worked with families where every year at Christmas time ish, uh, 
the kids, mom or dad or both would go down with the kids or they'd go through their toys and the kids each had to pick like three or five or 10 toys that they wanted to donate that year for Mm -hmm. Christmas. And Mm -hmm. it was one teaching them to let go. And, and because they were going to get a bunch of new stuff for Christmas anyway, but it was teaching them to let go of toys. They really, and think like, do you really like ever Mm -hmm. play with this? Huh? Do I, you know, when's the last time I touched this toy? And two, it teaches them to pay it forward, to pass that on Mm -hmm. to someone, you know, you could put it in the toys for tots bin. You can go donate it to ARC or Goodwill. Um, and, and then another child gets to play with that toy, um, and especially if it's like plastic, then that's one less toy being, you know, toxic thing that's going to end up in the garbage mm-hmm. dump. Um, and yeah, I just never really thought of the releasing of the physical toy. I've always thought of as a great practice for kids. Um, I'd never really thought of the connection to it actually training their emotional health as well. Um, for sure. I think that's such yeah. a beautiful concept because it is, it's hard. We get emotionally attached to our things and it yeah, becomes sure almost like a scarcity mindset too of like, well, but someday exactly. I might need that. Well, then you'll be able to like believe in your ability to purchase it at that time <laughs> or get access to yeah. something at that time. Yeah. It's like the, it's a bit as well, like the books, like, will you be able to Google it? Like, will you be able to right. Google it or get that information <laughs> if you can, if you, you know, um, and, you know, I the, definitely with the kids, I've seen such a change. And one of the fun tricks I had with, with my clients, I say to their kids, I'm like, you know, get them to, you know, it's very similar to the Santa list, but like get them to think about where they want to go, what they want to see happen for themselves. And, you know, what are things they want to welcome into their mm-hmm. life and write a list. And they're like, okay, well, there's 10 things on the list. So we need to get rid of 10 things. We need to make space for them to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, That's um, a great idea. I like that. We're, gosh, this conversation is bringing up so many personal stories for me. Yeah, so I hope, I, yeah. hope everyone's enjoying this. Um, <laughs> into my life. It's a, it's a um, new thing we're thinking about is, is really, is really paying attention to our environment, you know, being conscious and, and doing it, uh, doing things consciously. Uh, yeah. When I'm really in the thick of it right now, because Patricia, when you and I spoke and, and scheduled this interview, I wasn't pregnant yet. And now I'm yeah. almost 17 weeks in and I am like, we, so the, the, the room, two things, and I don't want to forget them. Um, one, I want to, I have a question about the books. Don't let me forget. And two, <laughs> um, this, the nursery, the, the room that's becoming the nursery. And we've known that was going to be the nursery since we moved in. Um, but in the meantime, it turned into our like Zen slash workout room. So I was a yoga practitioner for years. And, um, so I have mats and blocks and blankets and I've got you know, the Hindu, um, Devis and Devas. And I've had an altar with like all my crystals and candles and flowers and conch shells and sage. And like, I mean, all of, all of the things. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I've had, I've always had a space, um, or part of a room that was completely dedicated to yoga, all of my yoga books. I mean, I have a bookshelf that is just yoga studies, just yogic Hindu books. Um, 
and and just all kinds of like ceremony. I've got like eight decks of cards, different tarot cards, and and I would do readings and all kinds of things. And so that bedroom, my husband and I both wanted a place to work out. We tried to make it in the basement, but our basement's not finished and we never wanted to go down there. So um, so we made this like a combined meditation workout room kind of all in one. And we were, we loved it. We were like, oh my gosh, this is great. We have a whole room just dedicated to all this stuff. And very recently I started clearing out that room. We had to kind of accept that we didn't really have a space for that anymore. Um, unless we got rid of our guest room, which we also don't want to do. We want to be able to host family and stuff. Time moves um, on. So as I'm clearing out, I'm moving some of those books onto different bookshelves around the house. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I'm, you know, basically coming to the conclusion that this this giant altar with all of my yoga tools, it doesn't have a place and it's not going to, at least for now. And so I've been, I've been working with the acceptance of this thing that has taken up space in my life for seven or eight years now and has been like a ma- like a major devotional thing. The acceptance of, of boxing that up for now until we do finish the basement. Um, and Into having storage those tools, containers. I, I know. Well, <laughs> we will have space for a workout space eventually. Um, and some of those key items have moved to like the landing at the top of the stairs, some like extra special ones, but a lot of those pieces are being wrapped up and, and lovingly boxed away, um, in order to make space for this child that we have been praying for, for nine months and is finally on her way. And we, are, you know, committed to, to building a sacred space for her. And, um, so coming to terms with something that's been such a huge part of my identity being some of it boxed away, coming to an acceptance of that, but then also knowing that that doesn't that doesn't mean it's not part of me. Still, it doesn't mean I still can't like my yoga mat's still going to sit out at the top of the stairs. I can throw it down and do yoga anytime I can, meditate anytime I have, there's many spaces in my house where I can just sit and meditate. And, um, so kind of releasing the need for a physical representation of something that is innately just in me, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I think like it's a dance, you know, it depends on your space, you know, you have to just allow for your space, like for example, you know, in, in my office now, I have my altar here beside me with my crystals, my deities, and all the things over here. But I didn't have yeah. it in my office for a really long time. And I just had like one little space that I was like, oh, I can actually do that now. But before my husband was in, and, you know, speaking about this, the spare room is always a very interesting one because we have a spare, two spare rooms and we just basically were like, no one's going to be in office now. We're like, we don't care. 
<laughs> people come, we can move the stuff yeah. because it's like we used to share and yeah. me and Ken used to share an office and we're like, well, what's our priority? And we're like, well, we don't have that many visitors like really. And if we are, we can just change it. So we had someone come the other day. We were able to move things. It didn't yeah. take, it took us five minutes, but it also gave Ken a, sp- a space that he has for his work. Um, and that because Ken now has his, his own space, I have my altar space and he has his in his office. Um, but yeah. just to, and like, if there's special pop pieces that you love, like they can still be in and around your home in different places that you have that anchor yeah. of it. So, um, the, the, the packing away is totally cool. And if it's like knowing that there'll be a space or just kind of putting it out there and be like, Hey home, is there some places that this could be rehomed? Um, my little altar yeah. is very mobile, because I and I purposely had like yeah. all the smallest little things ever because we're on the road so much. So I want to be able to bring some of them with me. Yeah. So I have like one little bat thing that it all wraps into. So it just kind of pops out. <laughs> but yeah. in our house in Greece, there's no space for it. Yeah, we have a small space and there's no space for it in Greece. So I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but when I'm here and I have a bit of space, I'll, I'll do it. So, um, it is a dance with like prioritizations and how beautiful that you've made this space for your, um, new baby to come in. Uh, but also just know that you, you can still bring those, some of those pieces into different parts of your home and have them as little anchors for your, you know, for your connection to spirit and, and that beautiful, um, you know, history. And, and, you know, I, I, I would not be adverse to doing something with a spare room you know it's interesting I'm kind of so as we're talking I'm thinking like we don't the spare room is it's in like one of the smaller bedrooms there's really nothing there's really no space like once the bed is in there that's that's it that's all that's in there I mean like a couple little end tables um and a mirror on the wall but that's that's it and that room we literally don't touch that room unless we have someone coming to stay with us. There's nothing in that room that we use. I have some coats and stuff in the closet, but that's like, (laughs) um, and I've, and I do, I keep thinking one though, how important it is to us to be able to host people. We love our people, like our friends and family, like that's a that let's value. Number one, um, is our community, our tribe of people. Um, and I mean, I would say maybe six or seven times a year, we have somebody staying in that room. So it's less than once a month. And, and, and in, in, in the, in between, we literally don't step foot in that room. And I'm like, it feels like a waste of space sometimes, but yeah, it's, it's not so like a Murphy bed where we can flip it up and like work out in that room and then flip the bed down when like, it's a big queen. It's a nice bed. It's like, it can't mm. t- carry it downstairs and then carry it back up every time someone comes to visit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We're sitting on it right now. Play with it. Stay with it. But, exactly. And you know, yeah. you just, these things can change some, you know, we can, yeah. Check out. I, I've been um, looking for our, cause with Ken, we, I was looking up for our, um, 
bedroom in our, uh, where was I looking for? I can't remember one of our houses for a Murphy bed in one of our rooms anyways, because I was like, and they're really easy to make on air on, on, I've been literally looking up Murphy beds, but I'm, yeah, the thing is when you see that space and you can sit in it and be like, you you know, sit in the space and be like, yeah, kits and everything. It's pretty amazing actually. Um, but the, the, the other part is just, it's about honoring yourself and you know, what are the spaces, you know, for me, I don't have like a space to my husband in his office. It's better set up for his meditation space. But for me, I just meditate out on the couch in our very dark room in the mornings. And it's perfect mm. you know but where, if yeah. I'm in Greece it's different there's a lovely couch and my husband does it in the bedroom because we don't have that space so um it yeah. do, just because you haven't got a debt you know for me like so interesting I've worked with people in like tiny studio apartments one lady at this like l- like a New York studio yeah. apartment she worked in it she lived in it she ran her business from it yeah. and you would not know yeah. you would not know the difference between it being her workspace during the day and her her living room when she finished work like so it was like living room workspace to nighttime like to the sense where we even swapped out the colors of the cushions so that it was like a swap of like this is a different place Mm. so this is where it's like there's you can be creative with it and be like oh well how how could it work and and how can I how can I work this and find the space that's going to work for it's going to be best for me um that's where uh where it where it all and, and that and I've seen it happen in people using their spaces very efficiently and very fun but like um Alexa's apartment in in New York just blew my mind because during the day it had a beautiful couch with a throw and art and her desk all set up and then at nighttime they uh, like basically when she finished work it swapped out for evening set up and it was completely different so it's fun wow. to be able to like you know our environments don't need to be set in stone like there's always going to be flexibility to change things yeah. around very interesting that makes me think of tiny houses and you know the application mm. of feng shui to various you know it's like uh, okay like with a kit okay here's one room here's a little space and then you you kind of work it up to an enormous complicated space with multiple people uh, to get a handle on it that's making a making a new york studio apartment different places that's that's got to be interesting yeah oh right, yeah so and a, it's, it a... was just amazing yeah go ahead no sorry go ahead no go ahead and respond to that yes um even and like literally just this week we had one of our clients herself and her family lived in a small mobile home slash kind of caravan while they were waiting to buy a new home mm-hmm. and we feng shuied it because she said when we moved into the caravan things weren't going that well they've been trying to get the right houses they'd all fallen through and she's like i just need to change the energy of where i am right now they change the energy of this it's going to help me get what we want you know so the size of the house or the size of the space doesn't matter we can change the energy of every space yeah no matter where you are that's a great lesson for everybody yeah i love it So Patricia, have you noticed, or has there been one or two consistent things that you could offer the parents that are listening that you've noticed help families 
harmonize something, something small or simple that you could share with our audience um, that they could put in place on their own to help harmonize the the parent child relationship. Good starting point. point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would start the very first thing I would do is start with fresh eyes around your home. And that means just like arriving in your home as if it's the first time you've been there and just having a look Mm. around at the places that haven't been touched, just kind of become more conscious of your environment. And that is, it's a massive thing. And I've literally had people Mm -hmm. message me and tell me, I just moved this and did the fresh eyes exercise and I feel better. And I'm like, great from this one thing. So you walk around, you're like, that shouldn't be there. Why do I still have that? That's broken. Let me get out of it. Anything that's broken, that's not working. Like, get it out, you know, any of those storage things gone. And that is going to, first of all, like have a ripple effect because we have no idea the impact of broken things, not working things in our space and how it's impacting the energy for everyone in the house. Um, And the second thing I would say is very simple. Have a beautiful family photo in your living room of everyone together. This does not need to be the Mm. perfect family portrait from the Christmas, you know, thing. Just from the funnest time out you had, whether it's a selfie on your phone, just like bring that beautiful energy into your space. Remind yourselves of that time when Mm. everyone's great together. And then do the same in the children's bedrooms, like bring in a picture of the family together to remind and to keep anchoring in that sense of connection and happiness and joy with, um, within the family. I love that. Gorgeous. And Patricia, what are the, the services that you offer and where can people find you? So people can find me at Patricia Lohan, L-O-H-A-N.com. And that is where I have lots of different resources for different people. Um, and actually I have one specifically for for parents. Typically it's moms who come into my world. So it's patricialohan.com forward slash moms. And there is a guide for setting up your bedroom. There's also a resource, uh, a meditation for a peaceful and harmonious home. So that alone will just like help you set that intention and anchor that in and a a video training about bedrooms for children. Um, that's a great place to start. And I also have like a mini course, which, um, gets you kind of started into understanding what feng shui is. People typically work with me um, through my powerhouse program, which is a process that um, they come into our world and send us the information about your home. And we create a bespoke report based on the information you sent to us about what's going on, how things are working, send us like where your house is. And we, we do all the analysis and Basically, you have your bespoke report to um, implement while myself and my team support virtually to um, get all the remedies in, get it into balance, get into harmony. And we've got a beautiful community of women from all over the world practicing this journey and this process and seeing just beautiful things happen for themselves and their family. So it's a it's a joy. Awesome. And all, of that, like, <clears throat> and all of that, we will, we'll link all of your links in the show notes. So everyone can just scroll down and find you and click very, very easily. Um, 
Is there anything that we didn't touch on today that you wanted to share? No, I think we're good. If you take action on some, on the things that we've talked about today, like you're going to see some changes and, and uh, feel better about your environment. So, um, yeah, that's enough. And you don't have to do it all together and all today, just like do one thing at a time. Yeah. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing thing. It's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey for sure. And enjoy it, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. It feels good when you do declutter or organize even just like one small thing. I feel, I feel so accomplished that day. I'm just like, ah, that's a, another weight off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here and spending time with us. You're so welcome. It's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, you too. Well, did you learn anything new or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us, disagree with us, have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder. Parents, you already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.